0: Wealthy and Smart, episode 304. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to answer a listener question, and it's one of my favorites because we get to talk about ETFs and stocks and you're going to learn how to find ETFs and decide what to invest in. But first, this episode is sponsored by Audible. It's the way I read books more often and stay ahead of the curve. Audible is, of course, the easiest way to read books because all you have to do is just listen, like you are right now. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, and your first audiobook is free. Just visit audibletrial.com forward slash smart. That's audibletrial.com forward slash smart. Well, here's our listener question for today. Hi, Linda. I've been listening to your podcast for the past 12 months and love them. I can't get enough of them. I have been investing as a hobby for the past six months and trying to learn as much as I can. I have heard you and several other people talk about ETFs and how useful they are. Unfortunately, I don't know how to look up the ETFs I would like to invest in. Can you do a podcast that answers the following questions? One, how to find specific ETFs. Two, how to determine if they are the right one to invest in. Three, what are some of the key indicators I should look for? And four, can I find ETFs based on performance of single stocks? I look forward to hearing your insights on the topic. Thank you for all your hard work and desire to help lift us to new financial heights. Regards, Ryan. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to write and ask this great question. And since ETFs have gotten more and more popular, I think this is an important topic to address. And I think a lot of people probably have the very same questions that you have. So thank you for being a loyal listener. And I love that you love the show. So thank you for your compliments as well first of all what is an etf an etf is an exchange traded fund and exchange traded funds are passive investments that means they follow indexes or baskets of stocks and they don't change they're static the beauty of an etf is it allows you to buy this basket of securities for an index or a sector and they provide diversification and low fees. And since active management, where portfolio managers try to buy and sell stocks and beat the indexes, aren't doing too well lately, passive investments like ETFs have become more and more popular because you don't wanna pay fees to someone who isn't beating an index if you can just buy the index and net more money. So they've been more popular, ETFs have, And I think more and more money is finding their way there. And if you don't have a portfolio manager who can consistently outperform an index and net more for you after fees, then why would you wanna pay that manager? So they've become a really popular investment. And today it's harder and harder to find a consistent manager. So it's good just to invest in the index and just get the performance out of the index with low fees. Your next question is how to find specific ETFs. Well, many investors are looking for passive investments to try to minimize fees. It makes sense. If you're investing in the S&P 500, those are the same 500 companies, whether you buy it from company A or company B. So you may as well purchase your ETF that has the lower fees so you net more money in your pocket. And many investors have flocked to Vanguard because they have the reputation of having the lowest fees. While fees are not everything, in the case of passive investing, because portfolios are identical, it makes sense to buy the lowest fees. That would not be true in an actively managed portfolio, however. So I don't recommend that you shop by fees for active management. I recommend that you shop for performance and find a manager that's outperformed the index each year if you can, and look at what have you netted after fees and performance But if you're not buying an active manager and you're buying passive, then it all comes down to fees because they're basically a commodity. You're buying the same portfolio. Now that's not always true because different sector ETFs can have different companies in them, but something like the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, things like that, you're getting the exact same companies. So in that situation, it makes sense that you would buy the ETF with the lowest fees. So I suggest that you go to Vanguard's website and check out their ETFs with the lowest fees. Your next question is how to determine if the ETF is the right one? Well, Ryan, you always want to pay attention to asset allocation. When you're investing in equities, you want some large capitalization companies some mid-size and some small cap companies. So that means you're going to have different sizes of companies. You're gonna have those large caps, those household names that everybody knows like Exxon or McDonald's, for example. You're gonna have medium-sized companies that are faster growers, that are on their way to becoming the next big companies. And then you're gonna have some of the small caps, maybe just a few billion dollars in capitalization, but they're growing fast. They're the little speed boats that can go faster than the huge super tankers and can really get some good growth going. So you wanna have some small cap, some mid cap, some large cap, so you need to have the right asset allocation. In addition, you can also put in some sector funds like real estate investment trusts that invest in say, things like shopping centers or apartment buildings or precious metals funds that might invest in gold, silver, or other metals or maybe even a short-term bond fund. And you might put maybe three to 5% weightings in each of those ETFs. So in a sector, you wanna have a smaller amount because they tend to be riskier because you don't have broad diversification in the sector by definition. They're just taking a very slim slice of a sector and they're all invested in the same types of companies. So an oil sector ETF would be all oil companies, for example. So you don't get broad diversification with those, so therefore you wanna limit them to three or 5% of your portfolio. Versus maybe a large cap ETF, you could have 30% of your portfolio in that because it's very large companies that are more stable, they might even pay some dividends. They've been around for a long time and they tend to have less risk than younger upstart companies. The next question is, can I find ETFs based on performance of single stocks? The answer is yes, but I don't recommend it because typically fund managers prevent any one position or one stock from growing beyond 5% of assets in order to manage the risk. Sector ETFs are more likely than actively managed funds to have large positions in individual companies, mainly because they track market-weighted indexes that themselves are often overweighted with a few very popular companies namely the fang stocks recently. So for example, the 12.9 billion dollar consumer discretionary select spider ETF has 15.1% of its assets in Amazon while the iShares MSCI South Korea capped ETF with 3.8 billion holds 22.9% of its assets in Samsung. So realize when you buy those two ETFs you're buying one that has a 15% position in Amazon and one that has a 20 almost 23% position in Samsung. So those are very large positions to have in just one company. Therefore, you want to limit those sector ETFs to 3 to 5% of your portfolio. I don't recommend investing in sector funds in order to invest in a particular stock. To me, That just shows that there's a need to rebalance the portfolio to bring it back into a regular proportional investment of 3 to 5%. If a stock is overweight in an ETF, it means it has already appreciated quite a bit and it may be a sign this isn't the time to invest in it. When shares grow into a larger allotment than 5%, managers are often paring back, not looking to buy more, and you should think like the professionals. Having said that, I also believe that you want to let your winners run and sell your losers. So I would say if you want to own a stock, buy the stock. Don't buy a sector fund to own one stock. Well, I hope that answers your questions, Ryan. Great questions. And like always, when you're getting started investing, just invest slowly. No rush to get in and it's good to take your time observe how things go and take small positions in these sectors if you're interested in them and see how they go or take a small position in a stock and see how it goes. As with any investment proceed slowly and cautiously because there is risk of loss. So take small positions in ETFs especially sector ETFs or take small positions in individual stocks. Start slowly because you can lose money. So just Take it slow, get used to it, tiptoe into the water before you dive in head first. But thanks for the great question, Ryan. Hey, did you know I'm having a summer giveaway through the end of September? You could win six awesome prizes, five of the Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio course where I talk about how millionaires think the right thoughts for wealth. The value is $197 for each of those. Or you could win one of my wealth journals and learn the six steps to wealth that made me my first million value $67. Here's what you need to do. Just leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher radio. If you have an Android it's Stitcher, if it's an iPhone, it's on iTunes. It's right by my podcast, you can just click to ratings and reviews and then write one and give it a rating. Then go and like my Facebook fan page, not my personal page, but my fan page, which is at Linda P. Jones fan page on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Linda P. Jones. Then send me an email and let me know you did it at lpjhome at gmail.com. All names will be dropped in a hat and the drawing will be done in early October for winners. And if you want to get your net worth moving in the right direction, get 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth. There are 11 quick things anyone can do to get your net worth growing faster to get you to financial freedom. That's at lyndapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.